Hello, welcome to Black Men Speak, a podcast that highlights ordinary black men doing extraordinary things. I am your host, Keith Dent, and today we are bringing part two of our special series where we are interviewing black men on the campus of Georgetown University, and it happens to be my alma mater. And our intern, Tiara Cunningham, will be discussing the pressures of being a black athlete of color on a predominantly white institution. Today, she will be interviewing Chris Pitt, a junior who's also a track athlete. Some of the feelings that come out when athletes perform at a predominantly white institution were captured in a book by Billy Hawkins called The New Plantation, Black Athletes, College Sports, and Predominantly White NCAA Institutions. In that book, he describes some of the feelings as invisibility versus hyper-visibility. And that's the battle between being so visibly noticed because they stand out on the college campus as an athlete versus being intellectually invisible which could lead to alienation and social isolation. Another challenge is the pressure to perform due to the investment the college has placed on the athlete. As we all know, college athletics is big business, especially at predominantly white institutions. In Jamel Hill's article, It's Time for Black Athletes to Leave White Colleges, which was done in 2019, she reported about 30 Division I schools brought in over 100 million dollars in athletic revenue every year. Almost all of those schools are majority white. In fact, black men make up only 2.4% of the total undergraduate population at the 65 schools in the so-called Power 5 athletic conferences. Yet, black men make up 55% of the football players in those conferences and 56% of basketball players. So it will be interesting to hear what Chris had to say in regards to trying to live up to those pressures at Georgetown University as an athlete and still trying to maintain his own sense of identity. So on that note, let's start the show. Okay, so this podcast or this interview is just um, the topic. We're just talking to athletes around campus to see, to get their takes on being a D1 athlete and also their experience experiences here as a a uh, student of color on campus. So that's where you come in. Thank you. And okay, so do you mind before we start, can you just like introduce yourself? Sorry, I'm Chris Pitt. I'm a junior and I'm on the track and field team. Awesome. And what are you studying? Government is my major and I'm minoring um, African-American studies. Awesome. Thank you. So we're just going to jump right into it. So our first question is, when did you first realize you wanted to be, um, you want to play a sport in college? Probably from, from a young age, I'd say like middle school, like sixth, seventh grade. Mm, and what spurred that? Um, probably just like watching sports, like watching college sports and things like that. Just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to always be the same, following their footsteps, I'd say. So was sports like a big part of your childhood growing up? For sure, yeah. And what sports did you play in high school or like before that? Um, I played football and then I ran track. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, so what made you choose Georgetown as like a place you wanted to play? Like you want to do track and field here? Um, I think mainly it was just the prestige of the school. 
um, was just, it was kind of too hard to pass up. And then also I like um, DC, like I like the area. I have family up here and stuff like that. So that played a part of it too. So how does like recruitment work? I don't really know how it works with sports. Like did someone contact you while you're in high school to like offer you anything to come here? Yeah, well, for track, it's a mix. Like, you have some schools reaching out to you, but you also have to, like, do your own part. So since it's, like, numbers-based, you know, I kind of – I had solid numbers for, like, my junior year, so I was able to, like, reach out to schools with my numbers and things like that. And so, like, the coach here, he, like, saw my numbers, reached out to me, and, yeah, it went from there. Oh, so is it kind of like a scouting thing as well where they come and yeah. see Yeah. Not, like, they don't see – they don't really see me perform, but they do, like, ask for, like, videos of you jumping or running or whatever maybe. Mm, awesome cool and does um I don't know this but um if you're free not to answer but does um Georgetown offer athletic scholarships no I think they do for um for basketball for men's and women's basketball and then maybe soccer but that's that's it oh wow it's like academic yeah I did not know that so it's just purely like um, need-based financial aid yeah, and then, like, sometimes they throw in, like, academic grants. And then I guess some teams have a little bit of money to play around with, but, yeah, mm-hmm. most of them, no. Interesting. So can you just take me through, like, what your daily life looks like when you're, like, training, what you're doing, and, um, like, how, like what your schedule looks like? Yeah, so I'd say, um, for me, most of my classes are in the morning because – we have practice in the middle of the day. Our practice is from two to four. So um, on a Monday, it would just be like, wake up probably like 8.30, get breakfast at nine. And then I say be in class. My first class is just like 9.30. And so then I have classes back to back to back until 1.45. Um, I have like a small break from uh, 12.15 to 12.30. So like I change for practice or whatever and go to my next class. And then we practice from two to four. And then usually after practice, I like get recovery stuff. I go to the training room, probably stay there for like 30 minutes, I'd say. And then after that, go to um, we just go get food and stuff. And then after that, you know, you just rest for a little and then it's mostly just homework. And that's kind of like how the um, the school week goes, like when we're not traveling, I'd say. Mm. So is your training or yeah, is it like broken up throughout the day? No, so the way it is, um, for me since I'm since I'm a jumper and a sprinter, my practice is at two. Some people have I think some a couple sprinters have practiced like early in the morning at like eight. But since I have it in the middle of the day, most of my classes come before practice. So like after practice I don't have to worry about any classwork or things like that. When we enter like midterm season, how do you balance that? It's hard. You um I'd say I really I really compensate by just staying up later than usual. So like, um, instead of going to sleep at like, you know, 12, one, I probably go to sleep at like three, four, like every night. So. And you have class at eight? At nine, nine thirty. So it's not terrible, but I'd probably like, I'll take a nap during the day as opposed to like, you know, I miss a class or something, whatever I got to do. But yeah, I just stay up till the work gets done. Wow. So like, do your professors know that like you're an athlete and you'll be missing days and stuff? Um, yeah, it's none of them really um make 
big deals about like missing class and stuff, but nah, we don't really get like we don't really get extensions or things like that unless it's like we have a meet the day of or something like that. So it's like, you know, it is what it is. Oh wow. That's crazy. So like is there a limit of how many classes you're allowed to take? I think I think it's just a regular limit as everybody else, six or eighteen credits. But I usually just take fifteen, so yeah, but fifteen's yeah. hard too. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure some people take less, but yeah, I just stick with fifteen, so Wow. So like what is your mindset like going in like we're here at Georgetown? Like do you is like school do you like are you hard on yourself with your classes or do you give yourself like a little bit of like leeway because you're like, Oh, I, I am an athlete, like just it's a big part of my day? I think probably now I would say um harder on myself with classwork because I've gotten like used to it used to being an athlete and stuff but at first I say yeah I kind of did like you know compensate by saying oh like I have practice tomorrow let me go to sleep stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah now I'm more so just you know get it done Mm -hmm. so when your um your season actually starts like what does your schedule look like with added travels yeah, so we're actually in indoor right now. And so I say usually we leave on Thursday. So we have class, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then like Thursday. Usually we leave at like one. So I'll, I'll be able to go to like one class. And then the other two I have that day, I'll just, um, our, the athletic um, person like emails them and she'll email them and just say like, oh, they're missing this class, so-and-so. So while we're like away, sometimes I do homework, but most of the time I wait till the weekend to, to start on it. And so like, we'll just have to make up the quiz or whatever when we come back on Mondays and then like traveling is sometimes a long time. Cause most of the time we're like, we're using the bus and stuff like that. So it'll be like three hours, four hours, yada, yada. So I don't know. It's a lot traveling, but it's kind of cool to like get outside of Georgetown. So, you know. And you said that you don't usually get extensions for your work. No, nah, not unless it's like, um, like unless the whatever conflicts with like the exact day of our meet, which doesn't really happen that often. Oh, okay, I see. So, like, you know how like a lot of classes they count participation as like a big chunk of the grade. Yeah. If, if you're not there, like, how does that, like, how does that, how does that work? So usually, I like I talk to the professors beforehand and like let them know like oh I'm in season or something like that. So. Sometimes, I mean, one of one of the professors was just like straight up, like, uh, that's probably not going to work. Um, you know, so I just switched to class. But most of the professors I've had, they like work with me and be like, oh, you can like send me an email about the summary and that would be your participation or do this X, Y, Z. So most of them have worked with me on that. So. Okay, that's good. Is there like a certain, how do I put this, like a certain um, GPA you need in order to continue doing track and field? Um, it definitely is. No, I don't. I don't know. What it is. I know you have to have at least I want to say nine credits a semester, maybe. Mm, okay. And I, I think you can't fail. Like if you fail like two classes, you're automatically like suspended. But I don't know the exact GPA you have to have. I don't know. But that's not your problem. Nah, nah. That's so good. Um, so do you have like extra support outside of like your coach coaches and stuff? Like, do you have like yeah, support from the university in that sense? From the university? Oh, um, I mean we have like writing tutors. I think, yeah, we have a writing tutor and we have um 
there's like a mental health specialist and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they they do have a couple options, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And so do you, like, would you say you have time to do like extracurricular activities, actually be like a student on campus and stuff and like enjoy your experience? I'd say out of season, um, out of season, yes, but in season is very, very hard. So like, even like this, this semester, I'm just already trying, kind of told like the clubs and stuff, like I have to take a step back because I'm going to be gone so often. So mm. it's difficult in season. So you just give them that notice ahead before? Yeah. So, um, because you're an athlete at like a PWI, have you ever felt like stigmatized here on campus because of your race? Yeah, <laughs> like, um, I think mainly because of like the the athletic gear and things like that. It's just like sometimes if you if you don't want to be seen as an athlete, it's kind of just inevitable, you know, like when students are on a tour or something like that, they're just, you know, they'll automatically be like, oh, you know, that's an athlete right there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's probably the case at like other schools too, but I think it's especially here at Georgetown because of like the separation between like athletics and just how how popular the social life is and just being like in all these clubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So do you, you feel like students treat you differently? I don't know if they treat me differently, but I'd say like, uh, they might think of me, like, think of us differently. But I wouldn't say treat, like, when once you get to know them, I'd say, but, like, at first glance, you know. Mm-hmm. And you think that, like, your race plays a part in that? For sure. And do you see, like, a difference between, like, how different sports on campus are, like, stigmatized or treated? Like, Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. I know some get it worse than others. I'm not going to specify or anything, but, yeah, definitely some sports get, like, stigmatized even worse and have like worse stereotypes on them and I think I don't I don't really know like what it varies by but oftentimes the teams are like more black athletes just you know get the worst end of the stick so Mm. yeah because I would think like the rowing team mostly white predominantly white and then like the like the track and field where there's like a lot of black students you guys are like there's a difference there yeah for sure Mm-hmm. interesting um so personally what is like your what is your demographic of your friends look like <laughs> um I'd say like 90% black and maybe 10% every not everything else I'd say but mostly black I'm not gonna lie because my friends are probably like mostly my teammates and then like some friends that like, you know, I've met at clubs or, like, at a party or something like that. So I say it's predominantly Black. Mm-hmm. And you said, like, because, like, you you see them so often, like, your teammates, that you guys just become yeah. close and, like, do everything together? Uh, I wouldn't say we do everything together, but we do see each other all the time. So it kind of, you know, forces that relationship, you mm-hmm. say. And you have, like, other friends, like, their classes and everything else? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um. I guess going further, um, do you feel that track and field has like mo- like support from the university? Because I see like other sports are more like publicized, but like track and field, there's not much. Yeah. What are you um, 
I think this year they're doing a better job of it, of um, trying to like publicize, giving us resources for like social media and things like that. But like overall, I think just track as a whole is just poorly publicized. Um, coming from being like a football player in high school and then being predominantly tracking college, you just see the difference. Like less people know like what's going on or like if, you know, if it's good or not, if the team's good or not and things like that. I think the university could do a better job of like highlighting like our events and stuff. And another thing that doesn't help is our championship is like at the end of the school year. So like whatever happens, you know, most people are out of school. So it's kind of like, you know, who cares? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But also I don't see like on social media, if you guys placed well or in it. Or yeah, anything. exactly. So that's why I said this year, they're doing a better job with social media, but there's still a, a ways to go. Mm-hmm. But how has your overall experience been in playing with doing, sorry, I keep saying playing, doing track and field here? Um. Freshman year, I did not like it, but I I like it now. It's much better. I think it's mostly because of, like, my teammates and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's definitely gotten better. Um, yeah, I'd say I enjoy traveling for the most part, things like that. Um, practice, you know, it's hard and stuff, but it's, it's still, like, you know, you get to train with your brothers and stuff. So, And are you guys um, training over the summer, too, or do you guys take a break? Nah, yeah, no. In the summer, we go home or wherever you're going to go. So that's like our break. Oh, that's great. And then you just start. Is it year round kind of like you train for? Yeah. Yep. So you like really never get a break throughout the school year? Exactly. Wow. That's really tough and demanding. Um, Have you, has it ever occurred to you to like, that you may not want to do this anymore? Or like what caused you? You said you didn't really like it much freshman year. Like what? kept you many yeah many times I mean I'll say for me it's because um being like a collegiate track athlete was like so different from like what I experienced in high school just like practice wise intensity coaching things like that so um it was just like taking that next step and yeah and you know freshman year that's like my first time going through these things so it's just like a lot harder but Mm -hmm. I'd say I not a lot of times but there's been like multiple times where I'm like, oh, like, why am I still doing this? You know, but at the end of the day, I guess the pros outweigh the cons and I'm still doing it. So, that, yeah, that's so good. You have like, you're literally almost done, which is crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's amazing. And you could say like, you played, like you did D1, like that's top of the top. Yeah. Um. So I want to go back a little bit on the traveling part. Um, do you guys go, do you guys just stay on the north, um, the East Coast or do you guys go everywhere? Um, we mostly stay on the East Coast, but we go from like all over the East Coast. So like we've had a meet in Florida. Um, we've had meet in Connecticut, um, South Carolina. So it's kind of all over the East Coast. Um, and like, how do you stay dedicated when like you, you may feel like overwhelmed with school or feel like you're just like tired and you have so much studying to do? Like how do you stay dedicated to your sport I guess yeah I say your teammates really because it's like they're going through the same thing so like you know if y'all just work together like you study together do your homework together things like that then you know they're kind of going to force you to get it done because you know you're not going to leave until they leave so Mm. I think I think that helps yeah and that's like a good accountability too yeah Um, and like do your coaches play a role in that too or are they just there to like help train you um I mean like if you're failing or something I'm sure you know they'll be on you about that but 
for the most part, nah, it's mostly just like track and field stuff or like analytics, not really school stuff, hopefully in school or anything like that. So mm. and for a person that doesn't really know, like what are, what's just, like some of the biggest differences between like coaching high school and college level? I think the biggest difference is the workouts are much harder and like the athletes, they don't they can't really specialize on one athlete since like everybody's a collegiate athlete. So, like, everybody's trying to, like, win gold, trying to get first place, things like that. So, it's like, you know, the quality is better and the coaching might be less, like, a lesser amount of coaches. Like, you know, instead of having, like, three, four coaches in high school, you're down to one or two. So, I think that's the main difference. Oh, so, like, one or two for the entire? For the entire, like, sprints, jumps, yeah. Oh, wow. Is that difficult or is that easier? um no nah, it's difficult uh, for sure <laughs> it's difficult but like I said like you get used to it after a while and you kind of like learn how to you don't need a coach to do everything you know so so that motivation is kind of like more of that is put on you yeah and do you have like support from home going into like this yeah vacation? for sure yeah so that also helps are your parents like big fans they're fans of me, but I don't know if they follow tracker. I, I mean, a little bit. They're not really like you know track enthusiasts, but they they follow me and like know when I jumped and stuff like that. So okay, it's pretty cool. Have they ever watched you play or like try to come to anything? Um, yeah. Well, they they came to one of the meets, but they like got canceled. But they've like watched me online running stuff like that, so it's it's fine. Oh, interesting. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it was. You could probably watch it online too. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so I just want to go back just a little bit. Um, I know we talked, we touched on this, but like, what are some of the myths you think are prevalent around Blacks athletes or like just athletes in general that should be debunked or talked about? Um, I think the main one is just like that. Oh, they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for sports. That's that's the biggest one to me. Um, and then another one. Oh. I guess another one you could say is, like, um, they don't just want to be friends with their teammates. Like, we are open to being friends with, like, you know, other students and things like that, but it's just it's harder, mm-hmm. you know, to develop those connections and things like that, so. Mm. And, like, you may not know, but why do you think that's such a big myth? Like, oh, they're probably not here. They're probably here just because of sports. Like, they, they, didn't, they, couldn't, get, oh, they couldn't get in on their own merit. Yeah, well, I think it's it's mainly because of, like, um Georgetown is this type of school where like most of the black students that do get in are like through athletics and things like that so like I don't know I saw some percentage but it was like you know this percentage of black students here are like athletes so they can just assume like oh like they're checking boxes with that like by you know they play a sport they're black so we're just gonna let them in but in reality that's that's just not the case yeah you guys have the same application that everyone else did yeah yeah, especially a- the sports that don't that don't get uh athletic scholarships so mm-hmm. and many people don't know that because I yeah so only some sports get athletic scholarships yep mm-hmm. that's do you think that's like fair in a way or it is what it is um i think it is fair because um like i guess the way the way georgetown kind of does it and a lot of ivy league schools does it like it's it's based off of like um our school is prestigious and we're not really focused on like 
sports. Like that's not our main focus. Like we also do have sports, but that's not our main focus. So, you know, I understand. Mm. Yeah, I know there's like a bigger debate of whether athletes should be compensated for their work, especially around like they have all they have school, if you do well in school and this big time commitment. Where do you stand on, on that issue? Um, I mean, realistically, I don't know. I think like we do deserve it, but I, I think it depends what sports you're doing, if it's realistic. Like if your sport is creating revenue, then I think, you know, it is rev- like it is relevant. But if it's not, then, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, sure. Like you deserve it. But is that realistic? Like what money are we paying you from? So I get both sides of the argument, I'd say. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I should think. But like, yeah, overall, are you still enjoying it like a lot more? Uh, what track or the school? Yeah, just track. Um, I say, I'd say, yeah, a lot more than freshman year. It's still hard though. Like sometimes you know, have hard workouts and things like that. So, but yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, this has been fun. I hope you like go to bed at a decent time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll see. Well, I'll see you around. Yep. All right. I'll see. You. Bye. Great interview, Tiara. I wish I would have been there to witness it and ask questions myself. But as we can see, a lot of the issues that were mentioned earlier in my monologue still ring true today for our current athletes of color. Black Men Speak was written, produced by Tiara Cunningham and edited by me, Keith Dent. You can catch other episodes wherever you find your favorite podcasts like Libsyn, Spotify, or Apple. And as you know, we like to end with a quote. And this one comes from one of the greatest athletes of all time, Muhammad Ali. Champions aren't made in gyms. Champions are made from something they have deep inside them, a desire, a dream, a vision. They have to have last minute stamina. They have to be a little faster. They have to have the skill and the will But the will must be stronger than the skill. This is the Black Men Speak podcast. Peace.